Hey everyone, it's me, Ian Shapiro, your host for Politics Explained. Now, a bit of a disclaimer. Uh, Yesterday's episode on Friday, I said with a pretty high level of conviction that nothing really tends to happen on Fridays and that you know the weekends are just used for old news and roundups of what happened the week before, especially when it came to politics, and that most everything happened uh, on Thursdays. Apparently, that's not what happened on the very day that I said it. We had a... <laughs> I guess category four uh, style, a little hurricane joke there, usually. I mean, not in good taste, but anyway, we had a lot of political news kind of dump on us Friday evening, essentially in the wake of uh, Hurricane Matthew. Hurricane Matthew, uh, Hurricane Harvey. Anyway, here's our first framing device, and it comes in the form of Trump's tweet explained. So yesterday evening, Donald Trump tweeted, I am pleased to inform you that I have granted a full pardon to 85-year-old American Patriot Sheriff Joe Arpaio. He kept Arizona safe. Now, if you've seen the name Joe Arpaio in the news for the last week, and especially you know this morning, yesterday evening, uh, it's because there was speculation that Trump would indeed use his executive power of the pardon to pardon American Sheriff uh, Joe Arpaio. This was hinted at during his Phoenix, Arizona rally earlier this week. Now, why is this controversial? Well, it's controversial because Sheriff Joe Arpaio was not the greatest, is not the greatest guy in the world. Uh, Racial profiling, uh, prisoners under his surveillance, dying at an alarming rate without explanation, marching Latino prisoners into segregated areas of a prison with an electric fence. Lots of classic bad dude stuff. If you're looking for a fairly accurate rundown of all of the stories that surrounded uh, Sheriff Arpaio over his years of service, uh, go ahead and check out the Twitter feed of the Phoenix News Times. This is a local paper to Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, where Joe Arpaio had been surveying. And they currently have as their pinned tweet a thread about the different stories that they had covered on him over the years. And in just a moment, we're going to look at how legislators on both sides of the aisle are reacting to this pardon, Republicans and Democrats. What's their take on this situation? Coming up in just a second on Politics Explained, I'm Ian Shapiro. Hey everyone, it's me, Ian Shapiro, your host for Politics Explained. Excuse me there. Whoa, that was my taco talking and not my talker talking, talker being my mouth. Uh, Anyway, let's check out what Jeff Flake, junior senator for Arizona, and John McCain, senior senator for Arizona, have to say about Trump's, well, his presidential pardon of Joe Arpaio. First, Jeff Flake. His uh, statement is a little less forceful than John McCain's, and I think you'll see why. Jeff Flake says, Regarding the Arpaio pardon, I would have preferred that the president honor the judicial process and let it take its course. John McCain said, At POTUS's pardon of John Arpaio, who illegally profiled Latinos, undermines his claim for the respect of rule of law. 
So there are a couple things that you can take away from these tweets. One is that John McCain's seems a bit more forceful than Jeff Flake, but the second is that neither of these statements really punish Trump in any way or prevent him from doing this kind of thing again. Some people are making pretty funny jokes though on social media saying things like, well, don't presidents usually start pardoning people at the end of their presidency? Joking that Trump might be on the outs pretty soon. However, there are other things to consider. Like if Trump is willing to pardon an individual who you know, took a group of individuals, went to Hawaii and tried to find Barack Obama's real birth certificate, and you know that's the good thing Trump sees them as doing, Doing, and the bad thing that they did was, you know, racial profiling after being told not to by the courts, then what's to stop Trump from doing kind of more outlandish things like, say, Robert Mueller, who is the special prosecutor on, you know, the FBI investigation between links between Trump's campaign and Russia meddling in the 2016 presidential election. What if Robert Mueller said, hey, here's someone that we want to talk to and we want to subpoena them and they say, no, I don't want to talk to you. Now, normally that person could get in trouble, but Trump can also pardon that person, right? So how willing is Trump to use uh, the power of the executive pardon for just any old reason? And that kind of scenario is why Jeff Flake and John McCain's statements are existent, but don't really have the type of leverage you would expect, especially from senators that are very much against Trump and very much supposed to be representing, you know, not only the state of Arizona, but the United States as a whole. Uh, for more on Joe Arpaio and also the presidential power of the pardon, you are listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Hey, I'm back. So that was the response from a couple of Republican senators. Now let's look at the responses on the other side of the aisle. Uh, let's check out Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. He says, by pardoning Sheriff Arpaio, Trump has again made clear he will use the powers of the presidency to defend racism and discrimination. So this is both a on-the-nose kind of uh, description of what Trump did, and it's it's also calling back to Trump's lukewarm responses to the violent actions of white nationalists, white supremacists, neo-Nazis in Charlottesville just over a week ago. Looking at another Democratic senator, Kamala Harris. She says, by pardoning Arpaio, the president is once again sided with division and discrimination. This is a disgrace. To the Latino community, I stand with you. Defending racism and discrimination, division and discrimination, disgrace, looks like a lot of uh, D words and a lot more negative uh, you know, verbiage going on on the Democrat side of the aisle, which is generally to be expected. Um, but still, what we're getting here is that on both sides of the aisle, the pardoning of Arpaio is well, it's frowned upon. I was trying to think of a D word there. Disgraced upon? Eh, no, frowned upon. Trump and his actions may be splitting up the Republican base at some point. Uh, you know, maybe not for elections, but maybe for legislating. Uh, those are different bases. It will be interesting to see as Congress, uh, the House and Senate begin working on tax reform in the coming months. You know, is 
are Trump's actions going to bring Democrats and Republicans together uh, kind of despite Trump, right? Are they going to pass things that maybe they've been wanting to do, but Trump hasn't? It will be interesting to see how Republicans and Democrats walk that line, because it definitely looks like by some of his actions, Republicans and Democrats are on the same side. So will that carry over to legislation? Uh, Only time will tell. For more on time telling you things and also me telling those things, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Hey everyone, it's me, your host for Politics Explained, and my name is Ian Shapiro. Like I was saying, Friday's usually a slow day for political news, but yesterday on Friday, uh, it wasn't. We had kind of a news dump in Friday evening, uh, right before Hurricane Harvey really, uh, you know, had its landfall. And in addition to the pardoning of Sheriff Joe Epiro, gosh, I've said his name so many times today, I'm not even going to get it right anymore. Anyway, Arizona sheriff, pretty bad dude. Uh, The pardoning has pretty much been vilified on all sides of the political spectrum in the United States. Uh, The other uh, thing going on in politics... Anyway, Trump has signed an order officially banning new individuals who are transgender from military service and also directing the Department of Defense to cease uh, any kind of funding for transition surgery or recovery uh, unless it's already kind of, you know, in the middle of a transition for any particular individual who is serving in the military. Donald Trump has also given kind of a broad mandate to uh, military general Mattis to essentially implement this as the Department of Justice sees best fit. So there's a couple of key words when you hear stories about the transgender ban that are probably going to come up, at least if those um, news outlets are fairly reputable. One of them is costs, right? How much does it cost uh, to aid individuals in uh, transition surgery or medical procedures, right? So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, A lot of individuals on Twitter kind of point out this fun statistic of the military spends more on Viagra for soldiers than they would have to spend on individuals who are going through any kind of transition period. Uh, The other word you're probably going to hear other than costs is deployability. Now, with any kind of medical condition for an individual, there's, of course, the question of, you know, how long will this keep them from being able to engage in active service? And that is a fairly fair question, right? And it doesn't just have to do with any kind of transition uh, period for a transgender individual. It could be something like you broke your leg or you broke your arm. Anything that would make you, um, you know, non-deployable into a combat area or, um, you know, an area that needs personnel or your expertise or skill set. So as you see groups beginning to put together litigation fighting this executive order, groups like the ACLU, you're probably going to see the terms costs and deployability thrown out a lot in those legal arguments. So things to keep your ear to the ground for. Uh, For more on the transgender ban and other hard-hitting political news, you are listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro.